0: Good morning, I'm Dr. Cam, and today I actually asked my daughter literally five minutes ago if she would mind if I talked about her story, and not only did she say okay, she agreed to come on and actually tell you herself. So I wanted to start a little bit um, before I have her come on about what we're going to talk about today. Um, We really want, I want to dig a little bit into the brain and understanding how our brains are wired very differently. And that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. So last week I mentioned that I had trouble re-getting my medication, um, getting my new prescription for my medication. And the reason that was so kind of traumatic to me is because it was for managing my depression. And as depression is something that I have been managing pretty much my whole life. I didn't realize I had it until my mid 20s. And I didn't even start taking medication for it till after that. It wasn't until I took neuroscience um, while I was getting my PhD in developmental psychology that I realized that it wasn't because I was weak. Depression wasn't about me being weak. It was about my brain working differently and that I needed SSRI, which is a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor to make sure that the right messages were getting sent and that they were able to pick up the right messages. And so my guess is at some point in the history of the human life, having this sort of over abundance of emotion may have been a survival mechanism. There may have been a need. There's enough of us that have it that there must be some reason for it at some point, but it no longer, it no longer helps us. So we take medication now to help us live in the world that is now functioning the way it's functioning so we can function okay in the world. And when I don't get this medication, it ends up, it's unlike a lot of medications, it builds upon each other. So when I start taking, stop taking it, it deteriorates. And it takes me a while to build it back up. So I go, when I went days and days without it, and then had to take it and build up more days, I could feel the withdrawals, which was very high anxiety and very, um, just very difficult to manage my emotions very difficult and I liken it to how teens probably feel every single day where you can see yourself and you can see the emotions and you want to control them but you don't have the mechanisms in place to control them which is super it's so frustrating because you're like I know that I'm being more anxious than I need to be and I know that I'm I'm acting out more than I want to act out but I don't have the ability right now to bring it down, or it's very hard. I do have the ability, but it takes a lot of work. And it usually takes my daughter saying our secret word, phalange, which is based on friends, to calm down. So, years later, after I figured out, okay, I have depression, I need to treat depression. And once I treat it, I feel normal. My daughter was diagnosed with ADHD. And it took me years. To accept getting medication for her because, in my mind, her mind wasn't broken. It was different and she learned differently. But in order for her to learn in the way we, I know our schools have to address the common denominator, and the common denominator may learn one way. She doesn't learn that way. So we had to put her on some medication to help her learn and. have the thought capacity or have, have her brain work the way it needed to work to be able to succeed in school. And this has continued to frustrate me because I feel that the message gets sent to her that she's broken. When I want to tell her over and over again, she's not broken. She just learns differently. But Instead of me conveying it, I'm going to invite my daughter, Lex. As you can see what her actual name is, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to set off all your machines. She was smart enough to remind me not to do that. <laughs> so Lexi's going to join us. And Lex, tell us a little bit about what it has been like to be in school um, diagnosed with ADHD.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have been diagnosed with ADHD since second grade, and I still am. Um, but the different school, it was different from elementary to middle school because, like, when we started to do our big classes, like, when we started to actually have blocks, um, it, it was harder because, like, in elementary school, like, it was much easier because we were all together in one classroom. But um, in middle school, I kind of felt shut out quite a bit like I felt like I had like no social interaction like I kept seeing the same people every day instead of seeing new people and so that's why like that was my struggle with it is like just like feeling like I don't have any social interaction with anyone because I pretty much didn't for the longest time. Did you feel different because you were in these? I, I did feel different because um, I do have an IEP at school. And so, like, at like at my old, like, middle school, they had IEP classes. And I had to go to math and English instead of having, like, I didn't have two electives. But... So it kind of made me feel left out because I felt like I was missing out on my second elective because I really wanted to pick and I just wanted to be treated like any other student like if they don't have to go to math and English every day like I shouldn't just because I have just because I have a learning difference as my mom likes to call it I don't want to be treated differently because I shouldn't like that should not happen but so yeah, when you
0: were treated differently, how were you, I know you were, you, you weren't able to take a lot of the classes and you were in these, you know, separated classes, right? Um, yeah. What do they call them? What do they call those separated classes? I don't I don't know. Okay. So, but they have, they have these separated classes, right? Yeah. And so you feel like how does that make you feel when you're you're kind of taken into a smaller classroom?
1: It's really weird because because like my middle school career, I went to two different schools, and so it was weird getting the difference from the two different schools because they were very different in a lot of ways. Their IEP program was very different, like very very different. But it made me like <laughs> like a. It just—I didn't like to be shut out from everybody else. I want to be like the same, like everyone with a learning difference. Anyone, like you could talk to anyone. Everyone wanted to be cheat. Everyone wants to be treated the same. Yeah. So the classes are called
0: self-contained classes. Yes, self-contained, which mean, which to me sounds like jail. <laughs> like you're contained, is separate, like you're isolated from everyone else. So I think that's really hard, and we understand. I mean, both, both Lexi and I understand that they're doing the best they can. Right. Yeah. But I think what frustrated you a lot is you used to come home a lot and tell me that you didn't feel like you were being hurt.
1: No, that I didn't. You, like, you would
0: try to advocate for yourself. Yeah. And you weren't being hurt. Can you talk to me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Like this year, like, I would come home and say that I was not feeling heard, because, like, I wanted to be, like, everybody else, like, I feel like going, like, it's hard going to a new school, and it was hard adapting to a new IEP program, because not two schools are the the same. You think they would be, but they're not, like, my other school was really different, and this And the school I did go to was very different altogether. And so I had a trouble at my second school than I did my other school because I felt like I was being heard at one school and I didn't feel like I was being heard at my last school. Right.
0: When you hear yourself, so I know a lot of times you would call yourself that ADHD kid. And what would I tell (laughs) you when you called yourself that ADHD
1: kid? I don't. Oh, yeah. You don't have to learn, even though you learn differently, that doesn't define you.
0: That's right. Do you feel like you're less smart than everyone else?
1: Mm -hmm. Kind of, because school is kind of like making us feel that way. Like it's practically school, like our tests are different. Like I take different tests than everybody else. And that's how it's Mm going to go. Forever, yeah. like, I'm going to grow up, like, college, high school, and I'm going to be having something to do with something different, like, n- like, I take different tests, like, so I feel like they're, like, putting, like, watering it down, because they don't think we're less smart than an average person, even though I learn different. Right, right. So I know
0: you've come home a lot of times frustrated because you're learning the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Because... And we understand they want to make sure that you're learning it and giving mm-hmm. you the way to learn it. But you're, and I think one of the tr- problems is, is that because kids learn so differently, like everyone, even in your self-contained class <laughs> learn differently, right? Yeah. So it's finding yeah. those ways. And there's a lot of options out there. We chose to go to public school. So that was the choice we made. And we have to yeah. figure out how to make the best of it one thing i want to explain though is that i mean one thing that i know we've struggled with because you don't like to read you've you've come up i i used to read to you all the time we have shelves and shelves of books i'm an avid reader and that is something that you just never liked which was something that was really actually hard for me to accept but yeah. here's what I've learned, here's what I've learned, I'm going to call you Lexi, I'm going to set up off everyone's alarms, but here's what I've learned, is over, during COVID, while you've been home, you have read every single day for hours. Yeah. The difference is, you've been reading what you love to read. So what, what book have you been reading?
1: I'm showing my book. Okay. Um, I'm really into the musical Dear Evan Hansen, so I got the book Dear Evan Hansen, and it's like the musical It's
0: based off of can't. the
1: musical. It's kind of really similar to the musical. The musical came first, and then people, the um, authors decided some of the peop- some of the creators who wrote the show wrote it, and another author wrote this. So it was something that I was interested in and I have been interested in because it's what I love, theater. So
0: that is something that I want to share with any parent watching or any kid watching is we can get bogged down in them not wanting to learn things, not doing good in a certain subject. And what I've learned really clearly just over COVID, when you've been able to pick and choose what you read and what you do is when you're focused on something you love. So the two things I know that you love passionately are Disney and Broadway. Yes. And you read, you also love the news and you also (laughs) love sports, right? (laughs) So So you're reading every single day and you're coming down and you're teaching me stuff that i did not know because you go and you read you watch documentaries you read articles you watch youtube videos on learning this stuff and you get deeper and deeper into it yeah. right
1: i watch what is so the other
0: what is the other thing that you love to do that you're doing every single oh, day now on your own
1: i love to sing i take voice lessons i have been taking voice lessons since 6th grade uh, and I love it. Like I practice every day. Like I always sing, you always hear me sing. Like I always yep. like to sing. And sometimes like I like to branch out to new songs because like I love listening to like Broadway show tunes. So it's nice. Right now, like my, I love my songs that I'm singing at Voice cause we always um, have different songs. Like we always rotate different to different songs. What motivates you to sing? Um, just because I love it and I want to get better at it, and I think now is a great time since I'm locked in into, since I'm locked in because of COVID. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I want to get better, and now is a great time for me to practice because before then I don't think I ever practiced voice. I know. That's I so to bad tell to you say, to- but I pretty much because I was like, because school, but now since school's done, summer's out, now since I have nothing to do, all I do is sing.
0: Well, here's the difference too, is before this, I used to try all kinds of ways to bribe you to practice, didn't I? Like I would put it on your, you know, this would be something that you had to do for your allowance, or this was something in your schedule or I would just kind of nag you about it, right? Like you need yeah. to practice or I would threaten you can't have voice lessons. Did any of that work? <laughs> no.
1: The only None thing of that it me to work is the reason why I practice voice every day is because I want to. My mom did not make me practice voice this whole time. Like it was my decision. And I feel like To all the parents and teens watching this, it's a great learning point since my mom didn't, like, nag me to do something, I end up doing what I love, so just don't nag your teen about it, like, don't nag like my mom did and threatening something because eventually they're going to want to do it themselves, let them do it themselves, because if you keep doing that, they're going to feel like they're getting unheard.
0: Yeah. So even though I tell a lot, of, I advise a lot of parents to stop nagging, I still do it too, don't I? Yes. And it doesn't ever work? No. It Does it ever work? No. I know that. No. But do you help around the house?
1: Yeah. Even though I don't want to because I do the <laughs> same things over and over again, I still do because I'm still a part of her family. You
0: are. And I appreciate all the help that you give me. You give me a lot of help. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share about it? Is there any, any, if somebody else is feeling bad or a parent is feeling bad or a teen is feeling bad about having ADHD or learning differently, what can you tell them?
1: Um, Don't let the schools tell you different, like be your own person, like be who you are for you. Like. Be like, stick up for yourself. Like, even though some schools you may not be heard at, like, just don't let them drag you down. Like, keep your head up high because I have had this for the longest time and I'm still here having it. And so don't feel like any parent, don't feel bad if you have to medicate your child because if that's how they're going to learn like the best and focused, then that's how they should like. But any team, like, don't feel like broken. Like you're not like, even though you learn different, like, you're still not broken.
0: Thank you. I could not have said that better.
1: Thank you. Thank you, mom, for having me on your little live Facebook. <laughs> your Facebook live. I really appreciate. This is my I favorite
0: th- one so far because I you join me. I'm gonna have to bring on you on like again. Everyone. i I would love that (laughs) you have to be on more lots more actually uh, i'm gonna say it again lexi is even asked to host it herself one day so we might do that too one day i'm gonna take over i love it all right we're gonna say bye to everyone um if you have any comments um for me or for lexi please (laughs) share them below like share with your friends if you know anybody that has kids (laughs) ADHD with ADHD especially, please share with them and share your stories with us. We always love to hear everyone else's stories. Um, yeah. And you can email me at www.askdrcam.com and would always <laughs> love to hear from you. Yeah. See you tomorrow. See ya. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. whole lot easier than this.